Let's uh, let's make some podcast magic, shall we? Sweet. I'm gonna put this on this side. So podcast I'm looking. Science. Thank you. Oh yes. Let's let's just Doctor Doom this. We'll make podcast magic science. Mm. Hey there, and welcome to Marvel by the Month. This is an omnibus bonus episode to complement our regular weekly episodes. Uh, we're going to cover all of the August 1969 issues on Marvel Unlimited that we didn't cover in our main episode with Tom Brevoort last week, and what. A fun time that was. Yes. Uh, man. Uh, yeah, we had a great time with him. We it changed were... my life. Yeah. I mean, a, little, a little tiny bit for the better, but mm-hmm. uh, it did. I was I was so happy. The The way we talked about the possible Kirby-verse, yeah. the, the Marvel-verse that Kirby envisioned. Yes. Um, it really did. It blew, it blew my mind. It was <laughs> super cool, and uh, I think also Tom gets, you know, He's our current reigning MVP um, for recording an episode on generator power because he had Whoa. no electricity. Um, yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. Wow. That's a real human effort, as yes. they say. Yep. Yep. Uh, but Tom is not here right now. Uh, who we do have here is me, Brian Stratton. And me, Rob Milne. And me, Jamie Wenger. And uh, this is uh, also uh, kind of a a milestone in Marvel by the month uh, history. We are recording all three of us uh, as we always do for an omnibus episode, but one of us is like 3000 miles away. Jamie is on the East coast. So he's yeah. staying up late uh, and he's, Woo. he's Arnim Zola ing into this one. Yeah. Technological Ooh. achievement unlocked. Yeah. <laughs> so look out worlds. Uh, we can be in weird combinations of in-person and remote. Uh, there's nothing we can't do now except, you know, get past this stupid pandemic. Uh, <laughs> we're doing our best, though. Um, and uh, we're going to do our best on this episode. Uh, as usual, uh, the August 1969 issues of Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Sergeant Fury are not on Marvel Unlimited, uh, nor are Fantastic Four Annual Number 7 or Spider-Man Annual Number 6, because why, Rob? Uh, they, you know, here's the thing. I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, I know, I know. I've been listening. I've oh, been listening. I know. Jamie. They're just uh, reprints? They're- they're all reprints. That's right. But they're but they why are. they aren't available on? I mean, we're not covering them, right? I, I thought why they weren't available on Marvel Unlimited. So I there's I wanna, not a good answer for that. I want to mulligan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, I stole your thunder then. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I obviously stole my own thunder as usual. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that they don't just 
put them in there, you know, or or just like with a little note saying, hey, dummy, uh, click this button. Uh, but I, then again, that would require Marvel Unlimited to have robust functionality. <laughs> uh, yeah, which, let's not get crazy. Yeah, you know, we, we, we definitely appreciate the fact that for such a bargain price, you get 28,000 Marvel comics. But um, yeah. it's not always easy to find the ones you're looking for sometimes. So Nope, or much of the time. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, but anyway, uh, that still leaves us with eight issues to cover. So let's get rolling. Uh, I'm going to kick things off uh, this week. Um, and uh, one of the uh, issues that we did not cover with Tom that came out this month uh, was Let the Game Begin, which is uh, an Avengers story that takes place in Avengers nine, uh, number 69. It's written by Roy Thomas. The art is by Sal Buscema and Sam Granger. We're going to hold off on this one, actually. Wah, wah. Yeah. We're just just put a pin in Avengers uh, 69. Uh, we'll come back to it. Uh, Rob, why don't you take us through uh, Submariner number 19, which I believe has the uh, debut of a character who's very near and dear to you for some weird reason. <laughs> I don't really understand why. Oh, I I won't go into a deep explanation. That's a that's a joke. Um, oh yeah, I got you. But uh, <laughs> I was really obsessed with killer whales and oceanography when I was in grade school. Uh, basically any endangered species, but I wrote a lot of reports in second and third grade on in, on orcas. Okay. And uh, also I was enamored with weird creatures of the sea, like the stingray, for oh, okay. example. Um, huh. and, and then anybody who was sort of a oceanographer slash science slash superhero i was i was obsessed with so so you were the one out of 50 children who thought that like aquaman was a great character well i thought he was pretty <laughs> i thought he could use a cool outfit like say stingray but um he you know i was okay with him um not not the super friends version oh man Oh, um, yeah, that was rough. Yeah. So anyway, let's do this podcast thing. Okay. Um, so support your local stingray is the name of Submariner number 19, written by Roy Thomas, art by Marie Severin and Johnny Craig. Classic Roy so, Thomas title. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not to derail this immediately. But, <laughs> so like uh, support your local something is like an expression. Sure. Yeah. Stingray, uh, does that rhyme with the thing that you would usually say, support your local? Like, mm -hmm. is it the same syllable count? Like, what? That seemed like a weird leap. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it was a punt of a title for, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like your explanation, yes. <laughs> yeah, someone will fill that in later. <laughs> it's like, writes a note to himself, be sure to come back and fill in actual title. <laughs> with and then, you know. Fancy literary thing. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. Uh, so, Here's the deal. Last issue, Namor found out that the alien known as the Stalker had made it so uh, Namor's gills no longer worked. So he could only breathe air like us suckers. Um, oh, and, and ankle wings too, right? No, no ankle Oh, yeah, the ankle wings either. are disabled. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, like a dagger in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, although he did have Triton with him when he was sort of uh, space water funneled back to Earth's oceans. Um, so Triton, I guess, got him to shore. I don't think that was really covered, but here we start this issue. Yep. And uh, Namor washes up on a beach and he's surrounded by a bunch of human gawkers. And uh, many, 
if not all of the gawkers, appear to be Marvelites and other friends of Marie Severin. It looks like this huge like caricature festival. I think yes. I can see Kirby and Stan over near the police in the in the front of the splash page. <laughs> um, there's a there's a guy with a stogie who looks very Kirby esque. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, Namor wakes up, uh, is threatened by the cops. And has his usual royally jerky reaction to the surface dwellers. Uh, he even knocks some hippies off of a lifeguard tower and throws it into the ocean. Yeah, which just seems so in character. Like, yeah. yeah, just perfect. I can't fault him. Yeah, yeah. You threaten me, I will just mess up everybody, including hippies. Uh, he even knocks. Uh, no, then then he jumps in the ocean, remembers he can't breathe water, and then recounts the last few issues <laughs> with the stalker. Mm-hmm. Um, so after a little swimming, he nears a large boat that seems to be expecting him. Um, they fire, a, of course, a metallo net and try to catch him. As, as Namor breaks free while almost drowning, a man shows up in what he describes, uh, Namor describes as garbed like some gliding manta ray. Mm, but with uh, some sort of stinger attached. Yeah, and apparently maybe manta might be TM'd by somebody else. Uh, so sure. <laughs> the uh, uh, so they fight. Uh, Subby finds out that this man is very fast under the water and can zap him with some electric stings. Yes. Uh, Namor wakes up to find himself captured by Dr. Walter Newell, who we first met in Tales to Astonish number 95, and we last saw a few issues ago in Submariner number 16. And if I remember right, he was presumed to have died in that issue. Yep. Yeah, yeah. at the end, he saved the day, right? From yeah. the virus, the yeah. submarine German ghost virus or whatever. Torpedo yes. virus. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Torpedo and, virus. And they don't bother to explain how he didn't die, and that's okay. Yeah, this is that's how Submariner goes. Um, so <laughs> now Newell is with also with Diane Arliss, Tiger Shark's sister, and some U.S. federal agent who has ordered Namor's capture to try and find out more about the space funnels that sucked Namor and Triton uh, and almost all of Earth's water into <laughs> ships of the Stalker's fleet. Yeah. Um, so Namor is under a heat lamp. That he's like you know, chained or bolted to a table. He's like a like a French fries. French yeah. Fries. He, yeah. He's 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 sunning. Um, this heat lamp is sapping his strength, and he gets uh, humiliated by being showcased in captivity during a press conference too. These agents are like pulling out all the stops. Yeah, and there's there's like kind of some allusions to uh, uh, all the bad things that uh, Namor did to the service world in the 1940s. Yeah, uh, a reporter runs yeah, up. A reporter runs up nice and just like, like smacks him. Yeah, it's great. Like, I've been aching to do that since 1940. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, the way that Marie Severin draws all this stuff, it's like so very Bill Everett. It's like she's really doing a nice golden age. With, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and. Uh, and Newell gets a little uh, upset by this. He he does not think this is honorable, and he jumps out in his stingray costume and makes people stop, you know, basically throwing things at Frankenstein or King Kong. Um, <laughs> it's like, you know this is going to backfire. You yeah. know this is going to backfire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but lucky for Namor, uh, later a janitor gets close enough when he's going to mop up uh, with a bucket uh, Namor makes the janitor bumps the janitor so the bucket of mop water spills on him, which gives him great strength. Yep. Um, 
So because there was no one there to witness that, do you think that guy got fired or do you think he, like, I mean, I assume there are no cameras in that room. Like, did anyone find out that it was the janitor's fault that Neymar got loose? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, hopefully he just, <laughs> he just went crazy. <laughs> he was there when I was there. I don't know. I left. He was still on there. He left. Uh, the, the other thing I liked is the janitor is thinking or, or maybe saying out loud as people do in many of these comics still, um, that Namor looks way more buff. I mean, this I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. Uh, looks way more buff than when he saw him back in like 41. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. is just like sort of an allusion to the difference in how Namor looked in the, you know, like golden age and yes, how he looks very now, much. which I loved that little touch too. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, uh, Namor of course gets away. He, he climbs into the sewer and a sewer chase ensues. Um, Namor he almost gets to the ocean, but they were ca- they had blocked that off with boats at this the pipe and shoot gas at him. So he has to turn around, and that's when Stingray shows up for this for the sewer fight. Um, and uh, we learn a little bit more about his costume. Not only can uh, Newell uh, swim fast and shoot electric shocks, he has an exoskeleton that allows him to take a fair amount of damage and gives him slightly superhuman strength not like namor superhuman strength but, right but you know superhuman uh and then as they fight newell takes a shot at namor that misses and hits a bridge support which looks like the brooklyn bridge but i'll defer to one of ye east coast fellows yeah uh, i i don't know my new york bridges all that well um you no know, i i lived there for uh you know 10 15 years uh, but i suffer from a rare condition called bridge blindness where <laughs> I, it's just you know i get i hate to say they all look alike to me but yeah <laughs> yeah I have a note uh, for my doctor that says it's okay to say that. Okay, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll get Elliot Kalen to weigh in on this one. Yeah, we're yeah. we're gonna need some bridge bridge expertise. So, um, so Namor quickly realizes that the bridge is compromised and starts working to shore up the support, even though he will likely drown while he's doing it. Um, there's also a weird moment where Namor shoots to the surface far above the bridge. Which I think somebody uh, Marie forgot that the ankle wings didn't work, and they mm-hmm. just ride it away as he like he got he got like a good gust of waves and shot <laughs> clear up <laughs> into the sky. You um, know how waves work. <laughs> like he he's clearly helicopter above the bridge, looking down on it, seeing yeah. like yeah, it's a funny just note of you know they they like okay we got to cover this thing before some no prizes get expended here it's um. also totally possible that because like him flying in this issue is not a big deal he doesn't do much of it at all it's very possible that roy just decided you know after all the art was done it's like oh yeah his wings don't work either yeah right so, yeah yeah i could see that happening yep i so, mean that, that's the the pitfalls of marvel style yeah. <laughs> yeah there's also a few spots where it's not super clear if he's if they're underwater or in the sky yep yeah, like uh, you get a little bit of it through context, but like it's a little murky, and I could see someone just being like, "Oops, we did." Oh, sorry, uh, too late. <laughs> Stingray <laughs> looks like he can fly. Sure, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, so yeah, Namor is basically, you know, trying to save the bridge, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and since he can't breathe underwater, may drown, and that's when Sting Stingray realizes that Subby is the man of honor he thought he was, and gets him to the surface. Um, after they fix the bridge, uh, where, and then he, he vows, uh, he lets Namor go and vows. I know that my word carries little weight with other men and that they shall hound you till that day when you can return to the sea. 
But from this moment forward, my friend, the stingray shall not be among them. So it kind of pit puts him as a hero. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, not to give too much away, but I think that that happens in at least two or maybe three other issues in, mm-hmm. in this match. Yes. Yeah. Like the, the bad guy is more complex than that. Yep. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I was hoping that that's like a trend where we're, we're like slowly nudging past the like black and white kind of golden age treatment. And there we're getting like some kind conv- the more complex characters. I guess, yeah. yeah. Especially when we have Namor already, who's, it's hard. It's always he's hard to tell zone. if he, yeah, yeah, he's a yeah. hero or a villain. He's a hero or a villain, depending on who else is in the story. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah. just if you have to listen to him talk, you know, <laughs> yeah, such a jerk. It's also, it's nice to know that, you know, both of these guys 20 years from now will both wind up becoming Avengers at roughly the same time. Mm-hmm. So laying the, laying the seeds right now for uh, yeah, build, building bridges. You could even say, you could say, <laughs> oh, or at dude. least repairing. Um, okay. Well, uh, I'm going to jump us over to daredevil number 57. Vermont. Yeah. This story is called <laughs> in the midst of life. Uh, it's written by Roy Thomas art by Gene Colan and inked by Sid shores. So when last we saw old Hornhead, uh, he was dressed up like a spectral Incan mummy known as death's head by death's head himself. So this is another one of those uh, bad guy makes hero look like bad guy uh, stories, which I feel like we've seen a fair number of recently. The Red Skull is always pulling this stuff. Um, uh, Death's Head strapped Daredevil uh, to his own glowing skeleton horse and sent him charging at some cops. Uh, The cops start shooting at Daredevil, but DD cleverly avoids being killed by... He's just glowing really brightly, um, so the cops can't aim properly. Uh, so he's real clever escape, and by falling off a horse, and he falls off a horse. Yeah, yeah he he finally manages to snap the ropes that are tying him to the skeleton horse. He falls from it, um, and then he eventually has uh, one of his two masks removed by the cops. So uh, they remove the death's head mask. They see his daredevil mask under it uh, because you know, God forbid, you should ever you know not just keep layering costumes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Daredevil that, that can't it, smell great. There's no, no way that it, smells nice. Daredevil's the master of, of costume layering. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so then uh, we cut to uh, a phone call uh, from an extremely chipper Foggy uh, who seems totally fine with the fact that his friend Matt Murdock just died. Uh, <laughs> he calls to check in on Karen Page, who does remember that Matt Murdock just died and is still pretty broken up about it. Also, her father has gone missing, having kind of a hard time. Um, so a foggy just sort of breezily tells her that, uh, their friend and former client, Willie Lincoln is helping him Yay. catch a new crime czar called crime wave. Um, uh, another Roy <laughs> oh, Thomas man. notes, you know, go back, revise a uh, name to <laughs> actual name. Too shipped. Yep. Shipped to press. Uh, back at the page household, daredevil catches the pages, Butler Garth spying on them. Garth is. Not much of a butler name, uh, but maybe that turns out to be a clue because he's not much of a butler. True. Yeah. Um, he uh, he sneaks out of the house that evening um, and he heads for the old mill in town because, of course, this is a small Vermont town. So there has to be an old mill in it. Um, Just across the covered the mill. Yeah. <laughs> covered bridge. Jump off. Go through a field. Old mill. Yep. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yep. all, all the landmarks that make up uh, a, a Vermont township. Um so Karen sneaks out after him and sees that the old mill is full of new equipment. And Daredevil sneaks out after her and saves her from Garth, who catches her trying to club him with a clump of wood from behind. Um, because and, uh, he, has a, he has a great line. Uh, you won't menace me with that plank again. 
<laughs> he he also shoots the plank. Yeah, he like, shoots the plank. He, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which makes you think, Garth's a pretty good shot. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's some yeah. well, and there's a reason for that as well. There's we'll a reason to. for that. Yeah. Um, uh, then Death's Head shows up sans horse, uh, which honestly is the best part of Death's Head. Uh, what happened to the horse? Uh, well, Death's Head says. He seems to have died, an unpleasant side effect of the serum, which rendered his flesh transparent. <laughs> I loved that. Jesus, Roy. Yeah. I, I think we should pitch a band name uh, for transparent horse flesh. Oh, man. <laughs> That's metal. That's as metal as it gets, right? It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, and there's nothing in the story to suggest that the horse is dead. You didn't need to insert that in here. Uh, I mean, the horse mm-hmm. could just be parked outside. The horse could be fine. Yeah, there's no, uh, I do want to say that reminded me back when the costume layers, when the outer layer was removed from Daredevil. Right. The the Vermont cop says, okay, Mr. Ghost Rider, let's just see who, Bill, look, it's that guy they call Daredevil. But uh, yeah, oh. I referred to him as Ghost Rider. Ah. Uh, again, seeds everywhere. Yep. Yeah, cool. Very cool. Um, okay, where are we at? Oh, right. Uh, so uh, during, so of course, uh, Death's Head and Daredevil get into a scrap. Um, and, and during their scuffle, uh, Daredevil reveals that he's deduced that Death's Head is Karen's missing father. Um, yes, somehow Daredevil, the genius detective that he has figured out that Death's Head must be the only character in the story who's been mentioned, but not yet seen. (laughs) So we do. Yeah. Uh, Maybe DD stands for Dark Knight Detective. Ooh. Mm. So like the Scooby-Doo nature of this is like super pronounced, right? Like to to us, it is super pronounced. Like this is uh, the most Scooby-Doo thing that could Scooby-Doo. But scooby-doo was totally new at this time <laughs> yes i looked it up it's this year i think yeah. that scooby-doo uh came out so like it's just it's impossible for us to imagine a world where the scooby-doo is not like the most trite narrative device that anyone had come up with yeah right like, yeah it's, it's like it's super brand new it's super groundbreaking <laughs> but they yeah, got it from right. daredevil yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it just comes out of like Daredevil's deduction just comes out of nowhere. There's nothing that leads up to this. No, he, there's he, no paper trail. He he does not discover any cl- not a single clue. Um, <laughs> he just like he's like, you're probably Karen's dad. And then we never actually get any evidence that he's Karen's dad. Like Death's Head in the story is never unmasked. Um, I, it, I mean, what winds up happening is uh, Death's Head tries to dump a bubbling vat of molten cobalt onto Daredevil, which <laughs> intense. Yeah, that's got to be difficult to acquire. Uh, but Karen uh, is in the way. Um, and so Death's Head sees us. Uh, he sacrifices himself to save her. And we just sort of take it on faith that it was Karen's dad under the costume. Wait, I do think here on page 18 where this uh Oh, he does take the mask off. Because it it, it looks, he looks almost the same as Garth, but his eyebrows are a little different. So I'm thinking this gray-haired individual is uh, Karen's dad. All right. Oh, yeah. They look very similar. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I thought that was Garth. So I I withdraw my objection. Okay, well, there's one Scooby-Doo removed. Still does not (laughs) explain how Daredevil knew. (laughs) Not at all. It's just a wild guess. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, uh, so during this, we also learn, uh, that, uh, Garth, the butler is actually a government agent who has been, keep- <laughs> he, he, he's, 
I I like said something out loud when I read it. As for Garth, why a government agent? Of course, <laughs> of course. It's <laughs> like what? Yeah, like, like it, it's the tone of it all. Where it's like, <laughs> of course he's a government agent, you idiot. Like, yeah. and and <laughs> oh, yeah. but he wasn't there to like try to uncover the mystery. No. He already knew that this was a crazy scientist yes uh and he was just making sure no other enemies found him while he ran around on a transparent ghost flesh horse yep yeah uh ghost flesh is now a thing i guess (laughs) (laughs) what yeah just just like buttling yeah and what (laughs) buttling poorly (laughs) right and suspiciously yeah (laughs) so yeah i mean he was keeping tabs on karen's dad um uh, because uh, he was experimenting with cobalt again to try and redeem himself for creating the cobalt bomb, or as I believe it was referred to uh, in a Thor comic as <laughs> the sea bomb. So I, I just love Karen's dad's whole, you know, his attitude is like, well, cobalt got me into this mess and cobalt's going to get me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Cobalt's going to make you crazy and kill a horse. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, it's uh, the cobalt made him nuts uh, and he dressed up as Karen's childhood nightmare death's head because sure. because I just never mind just go with it uh, <laughs> so uh, then we cut to Karen's dad's funeral uh, where Karen is mourning uh, the recent losses of both her father and her lover Matt Murdock two different people let me just be very clear about that <laughs> um, her dad died also dead is her lover Matt Murdock that's a better way to say that um, and like presumably her favorite horse right <laughs> He's absolutely yeah, like my favorite horse. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm more broken up about this than anyone else in this story. Uh, Daredevil decides that this is the moment uh, to take advantage of the emotionally vulnerable Karen Page. Uh, he tells her to remove his mask, uh, which she does, and she learns he's Matt Murdock, who is alive. Uh, so that's a lot to take in at your dad's funeral. Um, so, I mean, it is a, a pretty dramatic final page and, and Colin, it's, it's a beautiful page, but man, it was a long walk to get there. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, everything in this book is beautiful. Like, it's yeah. stunning. Like, like Colin drawing the skeleton horse and the, you know, covered bridges and, uh, you know, the, the, the mansion. Yep. Uh, everything looks so cool in this. It just. It you know obviously the story is a little light. Yeah, are you picking up on like kind of a a general rising trend of sort of like creepy like very mm. light horror elements? <laughs> you just, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait yeah. till we talk about a couple more issues. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean we had this one and then um, yeah I well uh, what do we have coming up next? Uh, Jamie, would you like to tell us about uh, Captain Marvel number eighteen? Sure. This is Captain Marvel 18, Vengeance is Mine, written by Roy Thomas, art by Gil Kane, John Busema, and Dan Atkins. Uh, Okay, so we open on a confusing splash page of Captain Marvel claiming uh, in all red caps lettering that vengeance is mine, Uh, (laughs) but he has some sort of like energy smoke that's either steaming off of him or imprisoning him in chains. Yeah. And he's like maybe on a screen or maybe coming out of that screen or maybe he's like just in a room where things are only blue. Like it's really not super clear what's going on. Yeah, it looks Uh, like he's falling onto some office equipment in a blue room. (laughs) It really does. (laughs) Yep. And Um, uh, and, and Jan Rog is watching him with his 
his uh, pelvis cocked at a jaunty angle. I love, <laughs> I love it. I love a, a, a Gil Kane uh, pelvis tilt. It looks. He looks like he's doing like a um, Mick Jagger kind of stance. Yes, he's yes. got the yeah. one elbow resting on his wrist, which is resting on his hip, and he's all yeah cocked. It just. I was like, it's sassy. Yeah, oh, and a sassy. Mick Jagger right there with yeah. that widow's peak <laughs> and those arched eyebrows. <laughs> um. So yeah, so we see kind of that situation and uh, Jan Rog's like uh, bragging about that Captain Marvel's trapped in the negative zone. Uh, so then we we like cut to uh, a desert walk in Rick Jones who like, this guy can't seem to go 10 steps without getting hit by an adventure and then almost <laughs> like, gets hit by a car. Like he really, it's so consistent. Yep. Um, so b- before he can get hit by the car, he, he smashes his wrists together to transform into Captain Marvel. Um, who saves their kind of shared body. Uh, they also saves the driver. And then he agrees to fly their shared body to like uh, a coffee house. Yep. Um, and that's clearly like Rick's zone. So then they switch back. Yep. Uh, this is a great system. Like it's really, <laughs> it's, it's really like, yeah, it's working for both of them. Uh, so while they're there, Rick like sort of flirts with a waitress and then pays this guitar player $5 to stop being awkward, <laughs> awkward on stage. So that Rick can then go up on stage and be like even more awkward. Yeah. It's like, but this is the beginning of Rick Jones' rock star. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that a thing? Does it, is that it where is. this, this goes? Is a, a is a canonical thing. thing. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So there's like a deep, sincere song and like a narration over it. That yeah. He's doing like a folky deal. Yeah. Oh, it is so uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, maybe at the time it was like very deep and moving, but it, it's not the 60s and I'm not. 14 years old. I'm just going to, uh, I mean, I'm going to put this out here right now. Uh, if we get, uh, five more Patreon subscribers before, uh, the end of September, we're going to record this song. I will. I already oh, was yes. starting to try to put some <laughs> melody to this because I thought it was so hokey and I was oh, thinking man. of Bob Dylan and I was like, Oh yeah. 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 This is the totally. thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, uh, in the caption, uh, on this page, uh, it is canonically established that Rick Jones is 17. 17 years oh. old. Uh, so yeah, everything doesn't... that happens to Rick Jones is happening to a child. <laughs> oh, that's that cool. has happened to Rick Jones yeah. has been happening right. to a child. All of yes. his relationships with right. other adult males, for example. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. And keep in mind, he's 17 now. He hasn't yeah. been 17. Oh, yeah. 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 He's <laughs> been younger than. Uh, uh, yep. All right. So, so anyways, the, the musician <laughs> that Rick was heckling then begins to heckle Rick. Uh, so Rick then pulls a classic like George McFly and like literally nobody calls me chicken. This is the guy like over a table. <laughs> uh, it, it's pretty great. Uh, but Rick feels kind of bad about it. And then there's this music promoter who tries to sign him, uh, you know, which at the time seemed ridiculous. But now that you're saying it becomes a thing. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Mordecai P. Boggs. It was that yeah. good. Like he, yeah. Rick <laughs> he has it, yeah. it. He's got that special something. <laughs> that special something. <laughs> Uh, he seems to like kind of take offense at the offer of being signed by a promoter. So I don't know, maybe that guy's too much of a square or whatever. Rick hates squares, I guess. Right. He just doesn't want to sell out, man. Yeah, man. Also, the guy's name is Mordecai P. Boggs. That sounds totally like a a huckster. Which I can only assume uh, must be a a, a relative of uh, Red Sox and Tampa Bay Devil Rays third baseman and a Hall of Famer, Wade Boggs. That's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So while this action has been going on, Captain Marvel in the negative zone has figured out where to find Jan Mog. So they switch again, uh, but Yanrog is prepared 
for him uh by he's like in the meanwhile assembled the the long outlawed Cree psychomagnetron is yep. that is that how you I, say I, this okay. psychomagnetron yeah I, I also want to point out that when uh when they switch this time uh Rick clangs the things together uh and shouts Captain Marvel like some sort of <laughs> Captain Marvel <laughs> Shazam! Jr. Yeah. <laughs> yeah man they're just narrowly averting the lawsuit each time. Yeah. <laughs> I I think they're they're just tipping right well there's another thing that happened it happened at the end of uh, Avengers so we're not talking about it this uh, episode but yeah uh the Roy Thomas in particular is getting real cheeky. Oh, oh, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, that's the thing. Okay. Yep. Yeah. DC baiting yep. all the time. Very much. <laughs> yeah. Very much. That sounded weirder than a minute to sound. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah. So he's got the Cree uh, Psyche Magnetron. Sure. Um, and, and its glow makes people super powerful. Uh, so he turns it on to power the Mandroid android. Um, and, and meanwhile, Ka- uh, Carol Danvers, who's also apparently there, uh, watches in horror from like the ground nearby. I don't know why Mandroid Android is so funny. I know. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. And I, I just kept thinking of the Man Witch, which was a, you know, a thing advertised quite a bit when we were young, um, or when I was young anyway. Yeah. So I was like, the Mandroid only eats Man Witch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a real masculine situation. Um, all right, so they caps, but it, it seems weird to call Captain Marvel Cap. Like yeah. it just doesn't, it just doesn't sit right. Uh, Captain Marvel uh, tricks the Android you call into. It, sh- you can call him Marv. <laughs> Marv, yes, he loves that. He loves it. Uh, yeah, so Marv tricks the <laughs> Android into shooting the Psyche Magnetron, uh, which blows it up and therefore depowers the Android. So now uh, Captain Marvel is fighting Yonrog instead. Right. So as they're like duking it out, a stray laser blast uh, from their fight shoots Carol into the Magnetron, which then explodes more around her. Uh, so Cap flies her unconscious body away. Uh, she's probably fine. I'm sure there's no repercussions to that. <laughs> uh, at this point, Captain Marvel is just Bush from these crazy antics. So he switches to Rick, uh, but Rick also passes out. Um, which makes it kind of like a real Hulk ending. Yeah. Where you got the superheroes unconscious. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> sleepy. <laughs> uh, is this... Yeah, man. I, it, God, yeah. Is this where Carol Danvers gets her powers? I assumed. I mean, she that thing blew up like three times on her. Right. I mean, yeah. So I guess that's the thing. That's like the big thing. Okay. I don't know. I don't remember now. Two days early. I'm trying to find this. There's a, a nice line... Um, where essentially Captain Marvel's saying, maybe hanging out with this kid in my brain all the time is going to give me a sense of humor, which I lack. That's essentially <laughs> what he says in this story early on. And I was like, yeah, come to think of it, Captain Marvel is one of the driest heroes in the Marvel universe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is no levity in this book at all. No. Like ever, I don't think. Um I, I was just thinking about the Silver Surfer. That's like pretty heavy on drama, but that feels like more fun somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I, that I think that this is Roy's way of saying he brought Rick Jones in to give personality to this comic book. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yep, because uh, um, there's just like a big empty space where personality should be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In yeah, right, so, right. Yep. Um, yeah, man, I like, I think this book is like finding its legs a little bit now, like with the, them bouncing back and forth. I mean, and like, it was a cohesive story, like that it started at a place and ended at a different place. And like, yeah. 
some things happened. Yep. Involving uh, Rick Jones and everybody's unconscious, just like Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, the old yeah. Hulk I will say this is seems to be the best use of Rick Jones so far um, in Marvel Comics. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. He definitely fits better here than he did in Captain America. And he was always just kind of getting... He was just like Hulk, come back! Like that was his <laughs> his thing in Hulk, yeah. you know, for fifty yeah. issues. So I'm yeah. like, Cap doesn't need it. Captain America doesn't need a superhero. He's great. <laughs> like right. he's got it covered. He's been yeah. doing it for a billion years. He's a trained professional. Like you need to throw him with someone who's like a fish out of water or like yes, somehow in need of assistance, right? Like a personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, I thought the art in this one was like. Um, there were a lot of faces that had a lot of like odd expressions. On yeah. Them. Gil Kane contortion yeah. face. Yep. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and like the paneling, there like wasn't a lot in each panel, but it still felt a little frantic mm-hmm. and like unfocused. It's like one of those where your eyes like kind of feel like they want to jump around a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. There, um, there is not a clear sort of panel step to, to yeah. these layouts. So if, yeah. if you look at like uh, Gil Kane's stuff that he did at DC um, prior to coming over here, it, it's a lot more restrained. Uh, I mean, just because of the house style. Um, so it, it's much more, you know, boxed in. Um, and I think he's kind of really reveling in the freedom that he gets at Marvel to do. And I think he's trying to do the Neil Adams thing. Um, you know, I, I think he's, that's an influence for sure. Like, you and know, Steranko. like I feel Steranko, like a lot of yeah. his poses are Steranko. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is he's just enjoying the opportunity to, to just be a lot looser with his style and a lot more dynamic. And, it, he's figuring some stuff out. It's it's a process. <laughs> he's no he's no Gene Colan as far as the Marvel goes. But yeah, yeah, but Gene Colan wasn't Gene Colan for like a year or so. True. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, right. Everyone has their warm up period. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um. So we're gonna talk about uh, Iron Man. Uh. Now we should mention in the Avengers story, uh, we see that Tony Stark was getting, um, some sort of heart operation because at the end of the last story. Uh, the last Iron Man story, he was not looking so hot. Yeah, so. yeah. So it, there, it's a slight overlap with Avengers because right. he did get messed up by Ultron a couple of issues ago and then disappeared from Avengers for an issue. Um, uh, so this one's called What Price Life? Uh, it's Iron Man number 19, written by Archie Goodwin, art by George Tuska and Johnny Craig. So yeah, as, as Brian said last month, Tony fought an LMD of himself. Uh, so it was Iron Man against Tony in the old Iron Man armor and, uh, and Tony almost died. The Avengers had arrived as things were wrapping up and everyone assumed, uh, that Tony just donned the old armor to defend himself from the amok Iron Man, um, which, which Tony explained wasn't the real Iron Man. There's all, every, I love how everyone sees Tony Stark in an Iron Man armor and just like, you can't be Iron Man. You can't possibly You're be stupid. Iron Man. Stupid. Yeah. Uh, look yeah. At that mustache. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Although I, I also like, I kind of love that Archie Goodwin, like he couldn't come up with a plausible way to established that he couldn't possibly be Iron Man. So he just has everyone not believe that he could be Iron Man. It's like, it's kind of an elegant solution. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and there's, you know, everyone not believing he's Iron Man is really overt in the comics. So it's, yeah. it's pretty funny. And it seems like the real Tony Stark would like take 
if he if he wasn't Iron Man would be insulted. Yes, but uh, but he's not. So yeah, you know, yeah. I, there's like I guess there is kind of like two like you can go in either direction. You're either like when you have a, a secret identity, like you can either do that like slide trombone of like, well, it's not as if you could be so and so, like <laughs> you know, or you you don't do that very specifically. And like there has to be a moment where you really choose, like, are we is this is this who we are as a book? Like, yeah, all right, we are. <laughs> yep. It in fact if they if somebody loses their alter ego, they get it back. Like that's yeah. what Marvel is like right now. Um yeah. so uh, anyway, Tony is in the hospital and has undergone a synthetic tissue graft to his heart. And we start off with him just having like a nightmare being attacked by every villain he's ever fought. And, um, so the good news is it worked. His heart is fixed. He doesn't even need the chest plate anymore. And the bad news is he could die at any point (laughs) if strain (laughs) causes him to reject the tissue or whatever else could go wrong with a totally untested medical procedure. So it's total status quo. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, absolutely nothing exactly. has changed. They removed the yeah, shrapnel, right. but still his heart's going to he go on him. And he and he <laughs> apparently feels great strain and wears out, you know, normal whatever. Normal Iron Man stuff. So, uh once Tony gets out of the hospital, he immediately goes back to his lab where he is immediately gassed by Madam Mask. Gassed uh, by Mask. <laughs> and he, yeah. He wakes up back in the clutches of Midas, who threatens to kill him unless he signs over control of his riches. Which uh, like also returns us to exactly where we were yeah. like mere issues ago, right? Yes. Like, yep. Just like, reset. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like this panel looks like the same panel. Yeah. Yeah. It's like do it again. Do it again. <laughs> right, right. Do it again and wrap it up. It's time to wrap this thing up. Um so uh but Tony charms the mask off of mask uh, yes. Uh, yes he does yeah can we just unpack this for a second also <laughs> yeah. so yeah. it's like yeah, we, he uh, she she removes her mask and he realizes oh my god you're whitney frost yeah like, he reacts in shock yeah yeah uh, and, and she thinks he's horrified at her scarred face and but no he's just he's very surprised because he thought she was dead um now a decent person might say <laughs> Oh wow, Jasper Sitwell, who was so over the moon for you, is going to be so excited. I can't wait to tell him that you're still alive. Uh, we have to get out of here so that you can be reunited with him. <laughs> but Tony Stark, on <laughs> the other hand, presupposes is, like, is. Uh, yeah, just French kisses her. He I just think. goes yeah. right for her, um, and yeah, just like with with one deep smooch, uh, he totally has her wrapped around his his finger yeah yeah and so she helps him get back to his briefcase like escaping from the whatever cell he's in at midas's hq um his briefcase which does contain the iron man armor and uh he starts putting it on but right in front of yeah mask and yeah yeah, and everyone else (laughs) and of course everyone (laughs) but Midas expected (laughs) that mask was going to betray him because they she had started to you know obviously show some affection for Tony before yeah uh so even when Tony puts the armor on everyone including mask again just assumes he is not the real iron man yeah. he just it's has like, some what, iron. Are you, what are you doing you idiot you think yeah. you can actually use that like you're running around some other guy's costume yeah yeah <laughs> so they <laughs> underestimate him uh 
so Iron Man, who we know is the real Iron Man, uh, fights his way through a bunch of goons and a lot of traps and all kinds of fun gizmos, only to end up squished beneath Baron Harkonnen's, I mean, uh, Midas's <laughs> uh, floating throne. Um, so he has to guess what? Strain himself to push the throne off. And I know there's like an Elvis joke in there, but we're going to leave that. <laughs> um, so Tony and mask escape as Midas's broken throne explodes a bunch of his Island lair. So they're just taken off in a jet boat. We see mountain explode. Yep. Um, mask who Tony knows now is Whitney Frost. As we talked about takes off, uh, she like dives off of this boat uh, when they are close to shore while Tony's still unconscious from his throne straining. Um, to this is all to spare him being stuck with a wanted woman. Yeah, and that's where we wrap up. Yep. Yeah, it's a pretty James Bond kind of situation. Yeah, very much. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, base blows up in, on the in the water with the lady. I love. Yeah, I do like. There's so many uh, notes with this whole Midas. You know. Um, arc yep that are just straight up james bond very yeah. yeah i mean he's like a blofeld type of character yeah yep um and to your point earlier jamie uh it's another one of those issues where it was like maybe this bad guy isn't such a bad guy after all <laughs> <laughs> yeah right 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 so i have another uh one of those issues uh, where you know maybe this bad guy doesn't turn out to be such a bad guy after all uh this one is silver surfer number nine uh the story is called to steal the surfer's soul uh, written by Stan Lee, art by John Buscema and Dan Adkins. Um, so just to uh, recap where we're at here, uh, Mephisto has commanded the flying Dutchman pirate ghost guy to help him steal the Silver Surfer's soul. In the second part of a story, Stan passively aggressively blamed readers for forcing him to split into two stories. Um, the Dutchman is uh, fighting cops in New York City. Um, he's demanding that the surfer show up, which he does. Um, and, uh, the surfer is thinking to himself that he can't unleash his full cosmic power without risking hurting the humans below. Uh, so he pretends to give up and then he flees on his board to lure the Dutchman away. Uh, meanwhile, Mephisto just can't wait to get that silvery surfer soul. Um, he messes with humans for a minute. Um, and then he starts stalking the surfer invisibly. The flying Dutchman keeps attacking the surfer uh, but he just does not have enough power to destroy him uh, because the Dutchman is evil and the surfer is good or something like that. Um, that is literally the explanation for why he can't get it done. Uh, the surfer says that he will die before he surrenders his soul to Mephisto as the Dutchman has done. Um, and so the Dutchman responds by threatening a mortal woman's life if the surfer doesn't part with his soul. Uh, and the surfer responds by hitting him with a big cosmic blast like that's his big uh judo move here is like he's just like well i'm gonna get a lot of cosmic energy and hit you with it then um <laughs> and and not hit the, this is like the thing where there's somebody holding a hostage and they shoot the person and not the hostage right but he's shooting right, right. like a cosmic blast he's forming in space yes so exactly. i'm like this seems like everybody's gonna die <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh but the woman is fine um he he uh he saves the woman uh but it leaves him vulnerable because he he used so much of his energy apparently um uh, but uh the dutchman suddenly has a change of heart uh he refuses to take advantage of the surfer's vulnerability because he has seen what uh, what a truly pure-hearted person would do. 
um, you know, to leave themselves vulnerable to save an innocent. Um, so, uh, you know, Dutchman, he's like, nope, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to finish off the surfer. Uh, so Mephisto sentences the Dutchman to limbo, um, which I mean is hell. Like, I think we've talked about that before too. Um, uh, doesn't the red skull like make reference to like sending cap to limbo in a recent issue? And it's, it's clearly hell. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, uh, anyway, so, uh, Mephisto says to the Dutchman to limbo with you, um, which causes the surfer to shed a single tear for the Dutchman's sacrifice. But that single tear is enough to free the Dutchman from Mephisto. So everybody wins except (laughs) Mephisto. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, just, uh, boy, uh, this one's just, this title is just, (laughs) just moving along telling the exact same story repeatedly yeah. <laughs> moving along like straight a, into a hole yeah it's like one tier every issue i feel like he like does that a lot like i mean his face is the best part of this comic book yes like his expressions by far are the only uh, sorry not to be it this this is a rough issue the last one was a rough issue and the one before that was the like Frankenstein, the Frankenstein one, right? one yeah. yeah, and the one before that was the like the warlord conqueror issue. I'm trying to think of the last time I enjoyed reading a Silver Surfer issue, I, and I, it has been a very long time. I'm trying to remember yeah. the last time I remembered a Silver Surfer issue. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I did the Frankenstein one, so I vaguely remembered it. Yeah, but uh, I I read them and they're just gone because there's nothing. There's there. nothing to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The like the way he looks is cool, and that's maybe about it. Yeah, I what I did. Uh, I came into the silver surfer around like infinity gauntlet, infinity war times Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, then infinity crusade. And like the silver surfer and Mephisto had like, uh, seemed connected in those. Mm -hmm. They have like some kind of relationship and it was cool to see that it went back this far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Mephisto was, he was, he debuted in an issue of silver surfer. I think it was silver surfer number three, mm-hmm. uh, which Tony Fleece's mom made him give back to the comic book store after he bought it for $8. <laughs> Cause she could not oh, right. imagine someone allowing a child to spend that much money on a comic book. Oof. Uh, yeah. Oh, that hurts. Yeah. That hurts. Okay. Well, uh, let's see. We've got, uh, ooh, 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 oh. I got, it. uh, speaking of things that hurt, uh, <laughs> here's an issue of Doctor Strange. I'm gonna get one of these one day. I'm gonna nail a transition. That's my goal. Um, yeah. So we, uh, yeah, we'll do Doctor Strange. Um, Doctor uh, Doctor Strange 183. They walk by night. Written by Roy Thomas. Art by Gene Colan and Tom Palmer. I also uh, just want to interrupt before you get going. Um, this may be the last issue of Doctor Strange that we talk about for a little bit because it appears that subsequent issues of Doctor Strange are not on Marvel Unlimited. So, um, yeah, I, I noticed that it said like next time and Doctor Strange, but then Marvel Unlimited didn't have them. Yeah. So, okay. So uh, they didn't end the title in mid. I uh, don't think so, but yeah. Uh, I'll I'll do some research. I just assume they ended the title. <laughs> it's like you know what, this is going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really love Gene Colan's art, but I I understand if you want to put this one, you know, to yeah. rest now. Yeah. So uh, we open uh, with a quote. Uh, that's how you know it's going to be a good issue. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm a sucker for uh, issues that open with quotes. And oh, uh, and like I just was mentioning uh, Infinity stuff. Jim Starlin, I feel like did that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering if he read this and was like, I like what you're doing there. Uh, Okay, so the now Dr. Saunders, and not Strange, 
uh, he, he's had a name change recently. A yeah, secret thanks, identity. Thanks, Infinity. Mm-hmm. Or Eternity, sorry. Yeah. Eternity. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now Dr. Saunders uh, magics his way home in like a cool looking rain uh, to recap recent events to Clea uh, until they remember to read that like e- eerie feeling telegram that showed up uh, an issue or two ago. That telegram has become a major supporting character <laughs> in this series. Yeah, it's, seriously. It's, been, it's been around for a few issues, I think now. Yeah. yeah. It gets yeah, full page like, treatment and, and at yeah. least two issues. Yeah. Which, yeah, is like as much as like Wong gets, right? I mean, it's. Yeah. So Klee is upset that uh, he has to fight evil and he's sort of like medium about having a new, slightly different name. Um, (laughs) It's all like a lot of pedestrian stuff, but like it actually looks really cool. And there's like six pages of it. Yeah. (laughs) I was Um, so surprised that that many pages had gone by and we still were just like. Are we like, still covering yeah. this? Because we meant this was already covered in the last issue. Like he got back from a big fight, uh, you know, with Nightmare and figured out that Eternity had felt something and changed his name uh, and changed his whole identity. And that and now we're slightly. like, <laughs> he changed his whole identity. Slightly. Yeah, yeah, slightly. yeah, he yeah. changed his last name kind of. And now we have <laughs> six pages just covering all of that again. So yeah. that's again why I'm like, are they canceling this thing now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, they're stunning. They are stunning, stunning pages. Each one is like very cool to look at, but there's, there's not a lot happening here. Um, well, anyway, it turns out that the telegram was from uh, an old medical colleague um, who uh, is asking for strange Saunders's help. Uh, so Saunders magic's there, uh, but the house seems like really weird and off. There's like a Butler and some bodyguards. Um, and that's like out of character. Oh, and his friend is like, uh, he's he's like pulling a Jacob from season three of Lost, like <laughs> sitting in a sitting in a chair in the dark shadows, like you can't even see his face. <laughs> uh, so uh, his buddy uh, Ken Kenneth Ken uh, has no memory of sending this telegram at all. Um, but the butler said it's cool. Like uh, Ken had just had an accident. Don't sweat it. Here's your bedroom for the night. We prepped it. This is all normal. Also, I'm locking you in this room. Click. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, Saunders Strange, um, you know, wants to know what's up. So he makes a magic sleeping dummy of himself, like a a kid in camp or like a kid sneaking out at night. Um, And then magics his way back to Ken's room to like magic what's up with him. So Ken backstories like a tale of adventuring and there's like gargoyle statues that like kind of fall over near him, um, but make him fear for humanity. Um, And that's why he originally wrote the telegram asking for help. Just as Ken is finishing this tale of woe, uh, the butler and the bodyguards interrupt to reveal that they are or were the gargoyle statues, uh, the undying ones. Uh, And they're there to just F some S up. Yep. Um, but first, they will need that, that idol statue that Ken has. Uh, I may not have mentioned that before because I don't remember it being mentioned before. <laughs> <in the shoot. laughs> like maybe I missed it, but I don't think that it was mentioned before that moment. Um, so then uh, they kind of like LSD magic fight for a couple pages, and then Saunders pulls a Wesley Snipes and like kills them by moving a curtain to get sunlight on them, and that that kills them. Um, so then. So, uh, strange saunders vows to uh get the idol to save the world on ken's behalf because uh ken is dead that that also happened right 
Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, man, a, a couple of issues back, I remember being like, it's crazy that they're talking about canceling this book. Like, this thing's delightful. It's good. Now yeah. I, yeah, now I totally get it. Yep, There's yep. just With his powers being what they are, like, so ill-defined, it's like things only go on for as long as there are pages that they need to fill. And then it's like, okay, yep. we're done with this now. Amulet's going to get this one solved or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. He's just yeah. like a guy with you know, pouches full of a deus ex machinas. There was, uh, uh, yeah. I don't know if you ever played the old uh, DC heroes role-playing game, uh, but there was a power that you could have. And it was like, like Batman had this power where I think it was just called like Omni gadget. And <laughs> it was just like, basically whatever it needs to be at that moment, it can be that thing. Um, yeah. And that's kind of what Dr. Strange's entire personality is. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, and then you combo that with like the fact that there's not really a supporting cast to speak of. Like Wong does almost literally nothing. And like Clea is there from another dimension. Like you could easily cut to her being like, how do I buy bread as a normal human in this dimension? Yeah. Like you could be doing that stuff, but instead she's just like, like, what does she do when he's not around? Like she just doesn't really exist. They just kind of hang out at his house. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a big house, I guess. Yeah. That's true. Magically. Also, I think his name is just Sanders. Like you're, I think you're making it sound too cool by oh, adding oh. a U to, uh, Dr. Steven Sanders. Oh yeah. Oh, it's Sanders. It's not, it's not even Saunders. No. Oh, yeah. No. Saunders sounds like somehow more, much more interesting <laughs> than, <laughs> but I, I went and rechecked, uh, oh, sorry, last yeah, issue with Sanders. juggernaut and everything else. And I think it's just, just so we don't get a, you know, deluge oh, of, yeah. of, oh, of yeah. listener oh, yeah. mail. It's so hard yeah, to keep up with all yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> the mailbags are just piling up around here. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, Rob, we got, uh, we got one issue left to talk about. Um, and this one, I believe sums up uh, all of our themes of bad guy who turns out to be not such a bad guy. Uh, also uh, increasing um, spooky horror mm-hmm. elements. Um I think this one right here like focuses everything. Oh yeah, this it comes together and of course it comes together with the incredible Hulk. Um <laughs> this one's called Within the Swamp There Stirs a Glob. Yeah. Uh it's Incredible Hulk number 121 written by Roy Thomas art by Herb Trimpy. Um Hulk jumped from island to island when he left <laughs> Costa Salvador last issue and arrived in Florida as we start this one just in time to be right in the path of a missile test. Like we're above Hulk soaring through the air, looking down at the ground as a missile <laughs> shoots up at him. Uh, Dude, you have to imagine the army at this point thinks that there are a thousand Hulks yeah. because everywhere army goes Hulk there. Yep. Yeah. And, and the base personnel figure out from the radar reading that it's probably the Hulk. They're like, it's humanoid, <laughs> big, and moving real fast. Probably a Hulk. Yep. Like they just have, it's not a UFO. It's a Hulk. Um, <laughs> so they abort the mission by self-destructing the missile right by the Hulk in the air. I love how, that's just how we start the story. Like we're yep. in two panels in and Hulk's already been like blown up by a missile. Let's blow up the Hulk for no <laughs> yeah. reason. Next. Right. Yeah. Midair. Yeah. Uh, Talbot and Ross get word that it's probably the Hulk and head that way in a fancy vertical takeoff landing plane. Um, But they drop Betty off at a nearby Florida resort 
so she can't, you know, get in the way when they're trying to kill her boyfriend. <laughs> um, th- there's a long explanation of that. It takes a while, but that's what it comes to. Um, Can I also just say that it's kind of incredible that Betty has this attachment to Bruce Banner when I don't think they have spent like a consecutive hour together <laughs> yeah. in the last three years. Yeah. yeah. Since like the true. original like six issues of the whole. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, she's, I mean, she give her credit. She's very loyal. Yeah. 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 Stand by your Hulk. Yeah. Uh, and so... When Hulk recovers from his high altitude belly flop onto land, he finds out that he hurt his leg, so no jumping, and demonstrates that he is literacy challenged as he trashes a U.S. government shed that is warning him to keep out danger. Um, <laughs> he he points out that Hulk not read. So yep. um, uh, the shed is full of cans labeled radioactive waste danger, but those that's even bigger words Hulk not read. Hulk is disappointed <laughs> that there are not somehow friendly people in the shed. That's kind of that's what he's lamenting. Uh, but only this useless would be the cans. Shed to have some yeah. friendly people in it. I don't know why he now he he's just going on and on about like now he's he, you know he's, he's fallen into the swamp. Maybe he's, he's going to find some nice people this he's time. He's in a mood. Yeah, he hurt his leg. Yeah, he just got blown up. He's probably hungry. Yeah, Hulk hungry. Yeah. Um, so he sees he gets mad at the useless cans. And then he trashes those two, <laughs> which are full of radioactive waste. He kicks them into the swamp and surely makes a super fun sight. Yeah. Um, and then uh, almost immediately from out of the radioactive swamp rises the glob. Now, how would you describe this glob? Well, I don't. It's a it's a very swampy, sh- manish thing. Um, <laughs> sort of, a, sort of a, a, a giant size man thing. Yeah, yeah. And I did notice that this precedes even Swamp Thing. It does yeah. by a year or so. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it precedes like Creature from the Black Lagoon or or you know characters like that. But yeah, um, but definitely, I mean, this is one of the first kind of nineteen. As we're not in the nineteen seventies yet, but. Um, this is the one of the first of the, hey, everybody got to have a swamp creature. Yeah. Um, uh. and Glob winds up being one of the very first. And if somebody knows of like Silver Age, like actual, you know, villains for superheroes to fight that are swamp monsters, I this might be our first swamp mm. monster, unless you count like the lizard who was hanging out in a swamp. Right. right. In probably this very swamp. He, is he was Florida. in Florida. <laughs> yep. Uh, Florida. There's only a few. Gets up to some weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, okay. Back to glob. Uh, so, uh, as the glob rises, we get, um, dim memories from the glob. Uh, we learned that many years ago, a prisoner learned that a woman he loved was dying he asked to be released from prison to visit this woman. They denied that. Uh, so he escaped from prison, but died in the swamp. <laughs> and uh, he got just caught in the muck. Uh, and then... So, so uh, glob hate army. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got glob hate prison, got glob hate authority. Uh, Hulk sped up his you know resurrection by radioactively polluting the swamp. Thanks, Hulk. Um as the army closes in on Hulk and Swamp, uh, Betty hears something outside of her resort room uh, in which she's arguing with Talbot. Guess what? It's globbering time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Glob grabs a girl. Talbot tells Ross. Ross sheds a tear for his endangered daughter. 
Um, Glob, carrying Betty, wanders into the swamp, but runs into the Hulk almost immediately. Thank goodness, because this could go on for issues if he didn't. <laughs> yep. Um, it's a very small swamp. <laughs> Not a lot of swamp land in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Glob ev- eventually... Uh, so, uh, basically, now we just get Glob, Hulk Glob action ensues. Yep. Um, Glob eventually picks Betty back up after fighting with Hulk for a bit and then starts to just wade into the deep waters of the swamp that is now glowing. Because the army put in some like anti-radioactive solvent or something into the swamp water. It's like, oh, there's radiation in this water. Let's just put anti-radiation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's how you clean that up. Yep. It's not yeah, hard, like hippies. But it does glow. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. It I don't I anyway. Yeah. Um I I still feel like there's gotta be a fair amount of radiation in that water, oh, even yeah. with their anti-radiation. Um but so as the glob is wandering in, he's holding Betty above his head. And, and Hulk has, the whole time he's been fighting with the glob is just sensing he you know, that that glob isn't bad. Right. Yeah. That glob means well, but he's just misunderstood and wading into a radioactive swamp with uh Hulk's girlfriend. So uh He's, he's not trying to harm Betty. He just kind of is. And then he's dissolving. Uh, so Glob starts to dissolve uh, as he's waiting in there. But he, he's just holding Betty up. Hulk climbs up in a tree and Hulk rescue. And army catch up. <laughs> but Ross is so happy to get Betty back uh, that, you know, he, he shed a tear. Uh, the, the, I'm guessing Betty is slightly irradiated for sure. Uh, but he's so happy that Bet- that Betty's back. He just lets Hulk go. Everyone's like, Hulk's right there. And he's like, we've got Betty. That's all yeah, we really care a- about. We've never cared before about catching the Hulk that bad. Every issue. <laughs> yeah. Every issue forever. Yeah. So they, that's it. They just let the Hulk go. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and and there you go. Uh, and that's the, the birth, life, and untimely demise of Glob. <laughs> he's never going to get an action figure. Oh. There's a there's an X Men character, uh, Glob Herman. Yes. True. Uh, yeah, and uh, awesome. yeah, I was yeah, I was like uh, fan fictioning my uh, version where like this made the news, uh, and somehow as a as a kid he saw that and like identified with it. So when his powers manifested, he was like, "Now it's my turn. Now I'm Glob." Perfect. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Call me Marvel. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, so fellas, uh, let's wrap this up. If we had a buck to spend on comics in uh, June of 1969, if we had already bought the five issues that we talked about with Tom Brevoort, uh, which were X-Men number 61, Fantastic Four 92, Captain America number 119, Amazing Spider-Man 78, and Thor 169, that would leave us with only 25 cents left. That's only enough for one comic with a dime Whoa. left over. Yeah. Oh my god! So, it's like the classic: uh, if you only read one issue this month. <laughs> yep. So and we can't count Avengers because we're not talking. About we're it. not talking about it. I mean, Avengers is the correct answer. Yes. But, that's what I'm uh, <laughs> but that is not an option. We have seven other books to choose from. Um, Rob, you were going to have to make this Sophie's choice first. Oh man, um, it's it's hard. I I really enjoyed. Iron Man mm-hmm. for its sort of spiness. It was just a refreshing Iron Man yep. issue. But I really loved the Hulk this month. I loved the glob <laughs> so much. It, I mean, it was mostly like it, it's like a campy, it's not good love. Yeah. But it was not good in a way that's so enjoyable compared to Silver Surfer was not good. Yeah. 
Well, and it also wasn't like uh, Hulk's usual leave me alone or I'm super angry. Like it wasn't a normal Hulk emotional issue. Like yeah. he was in a different place than he usually was. Yeah. It's so, like the whole thing felt different and more interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think I'm I'm leaning into the Hulk for this one. There yeah. you go. Jamie, what do you got? Oof. Uh, I'm down to two. I also really like that Iron Man issue. I, I'm, I'm into the Madam Mask thing. I think that was really cool. Uh, Midas is a little heavy for me. Uh, <laughs> I, are you, I regret, are you I regret, body shaming him? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't take that back the second it came out of my mouth. Um, I think maybe Daredevil. I mean, that reveal at the end, that's pretty great. The art was stunning the whole time. Yep. Scooby-Doo's a new concept. Transparent um, horse flesh. Yeah. I, <laughs> there was also something about that issue that, you ever hear that story about Mega Man, uh, not Mega, uh, Super Mario 2, that like, the, the Super Mario 2 wasn't originally a Mario game. Right. It was like some other game and then they like grafted Mario on top of it. Mm-hmm. And like that's m- my favorite Mario game pretty pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just because you feel that fusion a little bit of like two things that are cool sort of smashed together. And I feel like Daredevil felt that way. Like that's not a Daredevil issue really. Right, it's yeah. It's like a Scooby-Doo horror thing that like happens to star Daredevil. And I like that. I thought that was cool. Yeah, so, yeah. It looks it took a long way around, but I'm awesome. going with Daredevil. Okay. Nice. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I got to say, uh, none of these issues really blew me away. Uh, I would probably buy candy, honestly, if I yeah. couldn't buy Avengers. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what I what I probably would have done if I didn't have the original issues, uh, I probably would have just spent the entire quarter on an annual um, <laughs> and just, you know, and gotten those. But, um, I, like, a couple of things that I am sort of excited about uh well really just one thing that i'm really excited about um with this month of comics and i think where things are heading is like i have a real fondness for like 1970s horror uh like comic stuff so i i love a good swamp monster i love a good transparent flesh horse um like that kind of stuff generally aesthetically uh really appeals to me um So, uh, I think I am also going to go with, uh, with Hulk, um, just because, uh, glob is glob, glob, precursor glob. to, uh, man thing, which is one of my favorite, uh, Marvel character designs. The character himself is not much of anything, but yeah, I can't, it's hard yeah. to even describe. He just looks like a dripping muck. Yeah, yeah. 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 Not even as cool as Swamp Thing or Man Thing. No, it's not vines. It's not like specific enough yeah. to be vines that yeah. are wet. It's just like sludge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's a glob. Um yeah. but uh yeah, I so I mean I, I thought the story was good, but uh more than that, I'm just excited because the arrival of Glob means that uh you know y- y- your your man's thing and your um <laughs> Your your monsters of Frankenstein and your tombs of Dracula uh, are, are coming are yeah. not far behind. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, you know, and and now that you're saying it, I'm just looking at the list. So Daredevil was like pretty horror-y. Doctor yep. Strange was pretty horror-y. Incredible Hulk was pretty horror-y. And then like the Silver Surfer, as much as that was not a, a satisfying issue, the That's design yeah. on the on the Dutchman guy is yes. freaky. Yep. He is fighting freaky a zombie looking. pirate. That's you know, being driven by Satan. Yeah. It's yeah. like, that's pretty horror. It's, <laughs> it's pretty good. No hair up top and then like long hair, like really long hair all around the side. He's got like one eye and it's yeah. just, it's so uncomfortable to look at. Yeah. He's got a classic like, skullet. 
Yeah. Yeah. Let's call it. <laughs> Zombie <laughs> Benjamin Franklin. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, really spelt though for Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. Apparently yeah. Captain Marvel did not get the memo because um, he <laughs> as, just fights a man witch. But, and yeah. has, a, has, has Rick do a Bob Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I went into this whole month thinking that I, I the first comic I read was Submariner. Yeah. I was so excited about Stingray. And then, oh, wow. which I, I really liked. The, my brother and I also picked esoteric characters to love um just because popular characters were popular yep so we were like mm, that was okay. another part of this thing but i was like all right whatever and by the time i finished the comic i was like okay uh, but yeah i i enjoyed hulk this month much more than than anything else but i love yeah. i love the the aesthetic of death's head and the you know transparent horse so yep. I, you know i won't yeah. slight daredevil transparent all. horse <laughs> <laughs> transparent flesh only right yeah that, that was the weirdest thing yeah it's like i guess he must have died uh all right okay, well yeah yeah belaboring we that. <laughs> so that's all for this week we'll be back next week to dive into the marvel comics of september 1969 uh, until then, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Marvel by the month. Uh, leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Email a screenshot of it to Marvel by the month at gmail.com with your mailing address for some free stuff. Uh, we've gotten a few reviews recently um, and we've had a few folks uh, send those in. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, I have been on vacation, but I am getting those things in the mail. So hopefully by the time this episode drops, you will have received them. Yeah. Um, if not, oh, you man. have permission to uh, drop me a line and harass me. And know that every time one comes in, we, the three of us are a buzz. Like Jamie throws <laughs> out a red alert. We all do a, you know, we got a review dance and um, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty Thank great. You. If, if it gets to 1030 and I haven't checked yet, I like, there's this moment of this like, Oh my God, I can check. And then I check and, and <laughs> excited or disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, Hey, uh, in addition to doing reviews, uh, if you have someone in your life who you think might uh, be interested in a show like this, uh, we do a pretty niche product here. So we really rely on word of mouth. So uh, if you wouldn't mind mentioning that to someone, also let us know uh, what you think uh, are some of the episodes that are great jumping on points for folks. Um, I can't believe anyone likes listening to this, but, uh, you know, <laughs> so I need a, a, an external opinion. Um, so, yeah, uh, that would be great. Um, also, uh, let's see, marvelbythemonth.com has links to our other social channels as well as our shop. Um, and that is all we got. So, uh, until next week, my name is Brian Stratton. Mine is Rob Milne. And I'm Jamie Winger. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week for next month.